and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and we're doing another level up. Uh, I am joined by mystery host of the Quips and Dips podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Excited to talk about a really fun game. We've been streaming it lately, so everybody's been watching me fail really bad at combos. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is uh this is going to be some uh, redemption for me. I'm hoping. Uh, before we get started, can you go ahead and describe to everybody your podcast, Quips and Dips? My podcast is just about anything and everything. It's very random. You'll definitely find something that you like. We have nerdy topics. We have a little true crime. We have history. We have just about anything. And it's just me. I'm saying we like it's more than one person, but it's just me. Just me by myself. I'm your mystery host. I have no identity. I just wanted to be random and have a lot of fun. And that's all it is. That's perfect. I I find myself like I I have a geek podcast, but I listen to history and 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 murder mystery podcast the most do you find that you listen to your own podcast genre the most i because i have like no niche i guess i feel like anything i listen to can be related to my show i mm-hmm. get inspired by other podcasters all the time like when i see somebody doing something i'm like oh i want to do an episode on something similar because i really like that thing and yeah. that's why i left the niche open yeah and you can have a little more fun with it if you if you find a new article or new Subject that excites you, just dive into it. That That is nice. Yes, I love that. <laughs> okay, well, today we're talking about Spider-Man. Uh, this is the uh, 2018 version of Spider-Man. Uh, I myself have played the remaster. I did not finish it, but I did also play Miles Morales right afterwards. Uh, and you played both versions of the game, if I'm not mistaken? I played the original, the remastered, and I played uh, My- Miles Morales as well. I mean, that's 100%. That's really good. I find myself enjoying this game uh, better than a lot of the movies. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, I feel like being able to kind of jump in with this. And I feel like Insomniac is good at that in general, yeah. like in Infamous Second Son. You just feel like you're part of the game and it's really nice. Yeah, and, and the way they tell a story, it, it feels like you're participating in a wider world. And it's not like so much like, hey, this is the narrow path we're going to put you on. No, this, it's a world that's developing around you and you're just kind of participating in, in, in getting just one scope of it. And I really like that about the game. Absolutely. 100% agree. All right. So Spider-Man was released September 7th, 2018. I remember when this thing released, it just took over the world. Everybody was talking about it. Done by Insomniac Games, known for Ratchet and Clank, Infamous, Spyro, uh, which we actually talked about doing Spyro at first. I, I didn't know that they did Spyro at all. <laughs> I they, I think Spyro started with like another developer, but yeah. Insomniac took it over. I think for that remastered version, mm-hmm. which I also got <laughs> played. <Yeah. laughs> I'm slowly going through that because I, you know, as a kid, I used to play Spyro like crazy, and it's so much fun. Yeah, and going back to it, I'm just like, oh my god, I remember this part, and I keep like looking back at like, okay, before the remaster, what's this dragon look like? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I had the same feeling. I remember I would I would play through thinking, oh, I'm not going to remember any of this. I was so young when it came out. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally remember all of this stuff. It's crazy how your mind works. Yeah. I mean, with our phones, too, it's just IMDB is my best friend. When I'm playing video games, when I'm watching a show, and I'm like, I know that person. <laughs> I haven't oh, always... my God. Every time. Voice Check actors, a lot of the yes. time in games, I'm always like, oh, that's Troy Baker, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> This game in particular, I really like their voice acting. And um, one of the fun facts is actually two of them are married, which was really interesting. Now playing through it, and I'm like, oh, that's cool that you know they're talking husband and wife right now. So that's pretty neat. 
Um, I didn't know that until later, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to mention is the composer for this is John uh, Pesano, and he he's doing the new show Invincible, which is coming out on Amazon. Everybody's really excited for it. But I was like, I know, you know how you kind of feel a composer's vibe almost like, oh, this is this is their fingerprint on this thing. And uh, it was Daredevil. He did the Daredevil series. Oh, it's yeah, okay. it's like kind of like almost like a ground level, but still sweeping music. And uh, yeah, it just it, it, I could feel it in there. And then, of course, he also did Miles Morales, which has, you know, at points the same soundtrack. But uh, when when it goes into like Miles Morales feel, it's very different, which I'm surprised that they use the same composer for that. They did a really good job with that game, not making it feel like a reskin of the original, you know, like this game. So I think they did a great job. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with you on that one. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into the tutorial. And this is where we're going to have you summarize the game in any way you want in a one-minute timer. Are you ready okay. for this? I'm going to try. <laughs> shake, shake the fingers out. Do the magic fingers. Shake them out. All right. And you're starting in three, two, one, go. Okay, so we have college age Peter Parker. He and Mary Jane are not currently together, but they are somewhat involved. We open up with um, the demons looking, they're looking for something with Fisk's men, and they find out that it's something called Devil's, Devil's Breath. And then we find out that Martin Lee is Mr. Negative pretty early on in the game. And Peter is working right now for, um, uh, what's his name? Dr. Doc Ock. And <laughs> sorry. And basically the game takes you through him trying to get a hold of devil's breath and trying to get it out of the wrong hands. Doc Ock is, he seems like a, a good guy at the beginning, but then you realize that he really is overtaken by the fact that he wants to get these arms going and get the prosthetics going. And we also see a ton of other uh, super uh, villains like um, Vulture, Rhino, Scorpion. We have <laughs> an MJ playthrough, a Miles Morales moment, and Three, I, I two, think that's all I can four. get for now. <laughs> Perfect. You did great. You did great. So you made sure to bring up Doctor Octavius, which uh, I'm happy you did. Uh, I really found their depiction of him. Uh, they actually used the voice actor's model to do his depiction, which is why he doesn't have that bulk up you see from the comic books. Which thank goodness. Mm. Um. How did you think he did? Did you did you uh, did you fall in love with that character, or did you kind of know that he was going to go bad, so you didn't? You kind of kept your distance. Um. So obviously, I kind of already knew because of who he was, but they kind of gave they made him. I feel like more you felt more sympathetic towards him than you did maybe in the movies, if that's what you know him from, or even right. the like cartoon from the you know nineties two thousands. Um. So I feel like you kind of felt for him more because you kind of understood him or they gave him definitely um, like the humanized him, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love Spider-Man's villains is what it boils down to. We were talking about this on the stream. Uh, oh, I think only Batman has the, this rogues gallery that, that can hold up like this where you could actually make a movie about the villains and I would, I'd buy my ticket. You know, I don't think you could really make a movie about general Zod or somebody like that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. let me get in there. Um, of Superman's villains, is there any standout star to you that you think like this is the person that I would really hang my hat on? I really like their story or anything like that. You mean Spider Man? Spider Man? Spider Man's villain. Sorry, yep, Sod was in there. I just want to make sure. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, of Spider Man's villains, one of my favorites, and I think I hated the Tobey Maguire movies. Let me just preface that. But oh boy, oh boy, I definitely <laughs> enjoyed the Green Goblin. I yeah. don't know what about him is just like so much fun to watch. 
and he's so dark and seedy and has that Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. I really enjoyed that about him. And in the movie, you got Willem Dafoe, which I think was born to play a villain. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> I yeah, honestly think the, the performances of the villains in those Spider-Man films were better than any of the actual leads in those films, but that's just my opinion. Well, I mean, you, you're right because, and, and I like those movies a lot, but you're right because the villain's acting performance was elevated so high. Uh, I mean, Doc Ock in, in the second film, which the, the directing in that film is top notch, of course, but Doc Ock in there, it's much like this where you see him like he loves his wife, but then there's also this pursuit that's starting to slowly take over. And it's something we see in the game as well, where Doc Ock is driven by this pursuit of of realistically good things. Like he's actually, you know, he's trying to uh, develop prosthetics and like, yeah, that's really good uh, goal. But when you dive too deep into your work and you're not taking those, that time off to focus on other life, you collapse into it and, and we lose you. And it's it's a sad story. Yeah, it's very sad. But <laughs> the game was made really well. And what I like about these um, storyline games, especially like not fully, they don't, even though it's not an open world game, it kind of sometimes feel that, feels that way because they make the world so real and authentic. Um, I like that it feels like you're watching a movie because I also, the so the first time I saw this game played, I didn't play it. It was my boyfriend played it and I was the, you know, backhand backseat driver on this and yeah. it was really or backseat gamer i should say and it was really fun to watch you really feel like you're in a moment and it's not i feel like some games can look really repetitive and there are games that you might enjoy playing but watching them are really difficult and this is not one of them yeah that's a really good way to put it and and from the outside when you think of the combat you're like i can i can imagine somebody watching me do this combat it seems repetitive but there are so many of these moments where like that was just awesome. <laughs> you know, it kind of like that excitement that builds in you. They're like, that was just a cool move, you know? And I think that happens enough times to break the cycle that could be considered repetitive, in my opinion. Absolutely. All right. So we're moving on to level one. We're leveling up right now. Uh, we're going to be explaining the story through its different plot lines and the major plot points. We brought, we talked about Dr. Octavius is one storyline. Um, the main storyline is really between Fisk's men and the demons, in my opinion. And Spider-Man trying to, uh, you know, get this demon, this devil's breath and stuff like that. Do you feel like these two villains clashing in Spider-Man? Do you think Fisk played a big enough part in the storyline is my main, my main concern. Um, I don't feel like you see enough of it. I feel like you just see the guys and it's kind of like they're those like rinse and repeat moments yeah. where you see the fighting in the street. You go beat it and you move on. Like it's, it doesn't feel like a story so much when it came to Fisk's thing. You definitely yeah. got more of the demon side on the storyline end. Do you think the game hurt by that or, or they kind of like, okay, we're using Fisk to set these guys up. And then once he, once they're set up, let's just move them out of the way and, and let uh, um, Mr. Negative take over. Yeah, I think they were, he was, a tool in that way to mm -hmm. kind of move the storyline along in a different, in a new direction. And instead of making it just like villain versus superhero, you brought in other elements so that you could feel the storyline have a purpose in moving forward. Yeah. I, I do like that. They do include Fisk though, because it kind of establishes the fact that this isn't the Spider-Man we see in so many movies where, Oh, he's just learning about his abilities and he's fresh. No, this is a Spider-Man who's already taken down Fisk. And he has well-established relationships with his villains already. They're talking... Oh, man. I, a real treat in the story, guys, we'll probably talk about a little bit more later on, is the fact that uh, 
Jonah Jameson, right? That's the name. It has oh, like his yeah. own. <laughs> he has his own like podcast that's annoying to like. He's talking smack about Spider Man the entire time. Of course, that's his mo. Um, and he's always talking about like, oh, security's really bad over here, and you know. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of establishes that like he's already out of the job. He's not with the Daily Planet anymore. And I mean, of course, neither is Spider Man. So I like the fact that it felt like I'm a Spider Man that's that's lived in already. I've been here for a few years, uh, which I think was a good way for them to roll. I agree. I think with Spider-Man's story in general that we see in like TV movies, all that stuff is always the origin story. He's always new. And we've seen that story. We've heard the story. We don't need to see it again. And I like that. I like that they didn't spend time on that. They got right into the action right when you start the game off. And it really brings you into it. Yeah. Uh, as Spider-Man, you're, you're, you're going around, you're discovering that there's this new you know, crime lord in town, basically, by mis- with Mr. Negative. Uh, we also find out that that's actually the same guy that's running the shelter that Aunt May works at. Do you feel like they needed to add that part in, or was it just a way to connect to the character outside of his villainy? Uh, was, was that part needed for him to be uh, so involved with the Aunt May side? I don't think it was necessary, uh, but I think the way that these games work in particular, like the Spider-Man games, I th- feel like they do this in Miles Morales as well, like they connect you to a personal character that works for the evil company so that you kind of, I guess the idea is that you, the character feels more, I don't even know what the word is more invested, I guess in getting the, taking the villain down. But do I think it's necessary? No, because I think Spider-Man should be fighting any form of evil, regardless of who he is influencing or if his aunt works for him or not, you know? Do you think they did a better job of making you invested in this villain or the one from from uh, Miles Morales? Ooh, um, oh my god, that's so hard. I, I didn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, I felt that in Miles Morales because everything was so close to him, it was his best friend and her brother, and you know, spoiler alert, but like I won't say too much. But um, there was so much going on in Miles Morales's personal life that was like intertwined with the main story that exactly. I I feel like the, it definitely made you feel more committed to it. So I guess me, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe it was necessary that they had it may working at this place. <laughs> it's tricky because I find myself looking at, by the way, first let's do this spoiler alert for all the Spider-Man and soft spoiler alert for Miles Morales guys. If you're here and you're like, Oh, but I don't want to know how this ends. You're in the wrong place. So <laughs> just a heads up on that. Um, yeah, I, I, when I'm playing the game, I'm like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, obviously this guy's the bad guy. He's, I'm on a business trip, guys. I mean, that's classic line that we know this guy's evil. Um, so I kind of felt like it was in the way, but looking back, I feel like, yeah, we still, it was probably best to establish that character in the world and, and not just like, oh, I'm just showing up and I'm the bad guy. And that was a way to do it. And it also actually introduces my, um, Aunt May in a nice way that she's doing this charitable work and she's really active in the community, elevating her beyond what we see in the movies where she's kind of more of a passive member in the world and not really participating in bettering the world. You know what I'm saying? True. She's like just always at home. <laughs> like yeah. that's, I don't think we ever see Aunt May not in the house. I, I think in the Tobey Maguire films, her job is to meet him at a restaurant and make sure the food's ready for him. Now that I'm thinking about it, which is not great. <laughs> no, <laughs> sort of one thing. not a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the other character I want to make sure we talk about and, and how she really does a lot of uh, character progression 
uh, is uh, Yuri, which is the detective at the uh, police department. I am not familiar with this character in the world of Spider-Man. Do you know if she's around in Spider-Man other than this game? I have never heard of Yuri before this game. So again, like I'm, I, I'm where you are. I was in the same boat, but I got invested with her very quickly. I did too. And uh, amazing how much as I'm playing this game, the stream was like, why is Spider-Man Spider not trying to get with Yuri? And now, you know, <laughs> yeah, Mary, Mary Jane and stuff like that, which is like, I see, you know, first of all, it's like, oh yeah, let's just have everybody with everybody. But, um, I really liked her. They had this playful thing. He had this like, I'm a pretend cop bit going on where he'd yeah. like, do the voice, of, which is a classic Spider-Man angst, I guess. Um, do you think that she was a good plot point to push the story forward? Having her like the voice in the ear? Yeah, I think games like this, you kind of need that person. And you find this in a lot of games. You find you have this in, I think Infamous has a similar character. You have it in Batman, the lady, I think it's the lady in the wheelchair. I think it's Catwoman yeah, or something. I forget. It's yeah, Oracle, that's what it was. Uh, I yeah. couldn't remember. But you ha you always have that person to kind of help you push the story forward. And I think it's necessary. And especially when he's, you know, you're swinging through New York City, it's good to have him have that dialogue with somebody so it's not just dead air. Yeah. Which they do a really good job because it feels like every time you make a decent milestone, there's a, there's a new Jonah Jameson podcast out or... Something like that that's kind of like discussing the thing you just did or she's checking in with you like, hey, good job on this. But this how this affected characters you don't see, like because you did this, Fisk is now doing this or, you know, there's always like this little like you get to feel how it rippled through the lake through her giving you updates from the, the PD side of things, which I thought yeah. was nice. Uh, OK, so the story builds and everything like that, we get towards the end of it. Do you feel like by the end of the game, there's a successful conclusion to the storyline or do you feel like? Just another day as Peter Parker. Um, I, I think that it, it did have a, a successful conclusion because we have the moment where he has to decide, right? Is this, am I, I hope I'm not mixing up games. He has to like, may, may get sick, right? Yeah, that's his one. And he has to kind of decide like who to help and how to do it. And I think it really hits home with the characters. And I think they just did a good job at wrapping it up. But it also feels like this is what Spider-Man is. Like, this is who yeah. he is. And it's, it's who, who he's going to be at the end of any day. Yeah. This this really felt like, to me, a comic book arc. Like, hey, this is a, this is a good five issues of a comic book. And come on back next month, kids, because there's going to be another five issues coming out of another story. And I really like that about this particular Spider-Man is, I think it might have been because he was already established when we met him. But he's just a good guy and he's just progressing. And this is just like another day in the life. And I think that um, this felt like it was a good conclusion. And of course, it, aff it affected his world more than others. But I think the next morning, maybe a day off the morning after that, <laughs> he'll be up and running again being Spider-Man. And I just I really like that about this game. You feel like it's just being Spider-Man. It's great. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to be going over uh, the villains now. We got to see a few of the villains here. Was there any um, villains that you thought like did a really good job uh, conveying their goals? Was uh, was a true threat to you? What, any villain that you really liked? Um, I liked Rhino, and I liked how mm -hmm. they brought him into Miles Morales as well. I yeah. like uh, something about Rhino's storyline about how he got this exoskeleton thing and then he just wants it to be taken off. Like I feel you feel for him, yeah. you know, like 
you feel kind of bad for him. But there are moments, you know, where the fights with him and Scorpion and Vulture, especially that one with the three of them specifically, um, got a little, uh, I don't even know, like repetitive. You were doing the same moves just to kind of dodge them, then wait for the moment to attack. It was very cliche video game trope fight, Mm -hmm. which for me can get a little little boring to play and watch like those things for me kind of take me out of the moment i guess but i did i did like rhino and i liked um i like how tombstone kind of got like a little mini arc of his own yeah and I, I, he was one of those characters i had to google i was like wait a minute tombstone that sounds familiar but i don't remember this character then you see the other iterations for him I was like okay i remember him from the cartoons uh but yeah i liked that they brought a kind of a deep cut guy into the mainstream he was cool I agree. I definitely like that. Did you did you feel like you were more connected to any of the villains than any specific villain in this game? Uh, you know, it was tough. So knowing Dr. Octavius's story, like, you know what I'm saying? That was hard. It was hard to watch him slip and slip and slip. And you're just like, oh, man, just just the, the butterfly. You know, if you could change one thing, everything ripples out good. And then when you see those aim boxes in his in his uh, lab after he got the new funding, that was so disappointing. Because you're like, oh, AIM is not good in this universe. This yeah, is so not bad. you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that that really hit hard to me was was that. I, I was invested in him pretty hard. I really liked that character. Anytime I got a call from him and we were in that limbo of like not getting paid and not really working and stuff like that, I was excited whenever you got a call from him. And uh, I remember that that part right there where he got the boxes and they're all over the... And I made sure to walk up to him and see they're from AIM. And I'm just like... And I just got done playing the the Marvel's Avengers game a few months back, where I'm like, they're oh. a big problem with that, <laughs> you know. So it was like, oh, that's so shame. That's such a shame. So I was really invested in him, and uh, I think that was probably my main thing. And then Fisk, kind of, I kind of wanted him to. I want him to be the future bad for this franchise because they, you know, I think this game's this sequel's on the way. There's no way they make this game so well. Um, oh yeah, and I'm hoping Fisk really becomes a big bad later on. And uh, I, I like that in recent pop culture. I think a lot because of the Daredevil series, uh, he's kind of become a new, new favorite, I guess, amongst the people. Because before he was just kingpin, he's just like a guy who lives in a penthouse somewhere, and he's not that big of a deal. But then you're like, oh, he's no, he's a mastermind. <laughs> he's really good at this. So I- I'm excited to see what they do with him. Agreed. I think we're starting to see him in the mainstream, like you said. We saw him also in um, Into the Spider Verse as well. So I think oh, it's so good, good to see. Yeah, it's good to see him kind of taking a lead and then stepping spider-man so i know this might take a minute but spider-man is like stan lee's baby he was like the superhero and he had probably the best villains like you said in the mcu um or in the comic book universe even it's just they developed this character so well probably more than almost all of the others which all have a really deep backstory but spider-man in particular was so well done um and so it's so nice to see them taking advantage of other villains and not bringing back ones that we've seen over and over in pop culture. It's good to see new things, but they, they brought the familiarity with Doc Ock, but they really brought through like other characters that you may not know as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's really great to, to mention Stan Lee because we actually had a cameo with him in the game and uh, it was for a brief moment, but man, you know, nowadays with him no longer with us it hit hard it was like oh man just to see a surprise cameo from him now something that we won't see again in a marvel movie was so nice i really I appreciate know. that i'm sad about it he's yeah he he was the first guy to make geek being a geek okay being cool you know so it was like 
I'm rooting for you, Stan. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, moving on to um, the structure of the of the storyline. This is kind of our last part here. Main thing I want to know is pacing. With these open world games, that tends to be a problem where they kind of fill the world too much without giving you clear direction. Do you feel like you were moving along in the story uh, at a good pace the entire time? Yeah, I think they do a good job at make, like allowing you to move through the storyline. If you don't want to do some of the side missions, it's not like it really hinders the storyline for you. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the side quests can be a little tedious, um, like the the prison break, all the guys in the streets having to deal with all of those guys, and then the moments where you have the um, the like puzzle parts where some oh. of them were just I wanted to throw my controller at the screen because i was like i'm so done with this right now like i just want to move on but the thing is you don't really have to do all of that to feel the main storyline so if you really don't enjoy those assets aspects of the game you can push right through if you if you really want to yeah a lot of the side stuff is really just upgrading your your gear there are of course a few that you have to because it's like oh hey you know this is part of the story just introduce you to it yeah um, and they do get repetitive quick but yeah overall it, it was it was solid um, I, my only complaint and they do this in miles Morales as well. They're like, Oh, Hey, you have some free time. Why don't you clear up the docket basically? And so you actually have to like stop and do some side stuff. Do you think they should have done that? Or do you think they should just go main story? If you want to stop, you can stop. I think it should definitely be if, if you want to stop, you can stop. I, it's just cause I'm the kind of person that gets very bored of those things very quickly. Yeah. And if I'm forced to do something that's so monotonous, I don't enjoy it. Um, I, Definitely prefer moving through the storyline personally. I fully agree with you. Yeah, it's one of those things where like sometimes you just don't have the time and you're like, hey, I want more of the story. And I'm over here like collecting smog or something silly like that. And it's like not quite as impactful as if I were to like be, you know, pursuing this thing. Um, we're going to get into a gameplay. This might be a gameplay thing, uh, but playing as the other characters, did you feel like that was wasting your time or rewarding the story? I did not really need the other character gameplay personally. Um, I know that you couldn't really get through it unless you did it. But I, when the MJ parts came up, I would just kind of sigh because I was so not about it. Mm -hmm. And the Miles Morales part, the only thing I got excited about Miles Morales was kind of hyping me up like that there was going to be a game with him. So that's the only mm -hmm. thing that kind of saved that moment for me. But otherwise, no, I didn't need that. The one, the one that I liked was the one where you're as Miles again. Full spoilers. I want to double check on that one, but you're as Miles. It's uh, right after the explosion, and you're trying to find your father. I felt like the um, what would it, what would it be called? The tension that he's probably feeling at the time, where it's like I have to get going because there might be. A, I know the story. I played the first the sequel before I played the first game, so I know that the father's not going to make it. But you still feel like I need to get there in time. And I think they did a good job with that. So you almost kind of rushed to chance it with them seeing you, which was a nice twist. I don't normally feel that way on those kind of missions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then another thing that kind of bugs me about those is they both felt the same, where you're just trying to stay hidden the whole time. And it's such a different gameplay from Spider-Man sections, because as Spider-Man, say you're clearing a room, you can take your time to clear the room. Uh, hide people up in the in the rafters and stuff like that, or you just go down and fight them all. And there were times where I'm just like, I'm Spider Man. I'm just gonna fight these dudes. <laughs> it's not gonna be hard. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I kind of felt like they're really hamstringing me to, you know, playing too safe. It took a bit to to get past those, and I think they slowed down the game a little bit too much myself. 
I a thousand percent agree. I feel like forced stealth missions in general annoy me um, in any game. I know that sometimes it makes sense, but I don't need this many scenes with forced stealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's go ahead and get into your score. What is your score out of 30 for level one for the story? The story, I'm going to give it a 22.5. 22. Oh, wait, that's our first point five. Okay. I don't know. I feel like you need to put a death in the lots of rookie score. Yeah, that's all right. It, it makes it a little bit fancier. I like that. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it a 25 because I felt like it was very comic booky in that sense, if that makes sense, where um, you had these, these short moments of ups and downs, ups and downs. And, uh, and I kind of felt like, okay, next chapter. And then I could, you know, get back into it. Uh, so I'm going 25, a little bit higher than yours, but, um, it's definitely not the highlight of the game. In my opinion, I think that's still to come. Agreed. We're moving on to level two guys. That is gameplay. Uh, we're going to start with the basics, controls, movements, combat, and camera, which I think is a highlight for this. I, we got to bring up movement first, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on, on swinging around the city? The traversal movement in this game was so relaxing. If you yep. wanted, like, I remember the first time I was starting to swing through the city. I just did it for like five minutes uninterrupted. Didn't even bother <laughs> with anything just to feel it. It feels good. And I don't yep. know why, but it was so like cathartic or relaxing to get through. It was like hypnotic. It, it is. And it's amazing how like in the beginning you have basic swinging. And by the time that starts to become something you're too used to, you get a new little addition to it through your talent tree where it's like, oh, wait, now I can, if I land right and I press X at the right time, yeah. I can just pull jump. And so you, as your character becomes more, you know, badass, so does your swings. And so uh, it just kind of progresses with you. And it felt really fun and just, they, they made it so smooth where like, even when you mess up, you're, you know. Peter does like a little like a juke or whatever and just oh yeah that was that was meant to happen it just looks cool and I just messed up <laughs> it worked out well <laughs> I um it's hard to not mention Miles Morales with this one because my favorite thing was how they made their movements individual like he moves really differently in the city than Miles yeah. which was so cool they made them feel very independent and individual. Um, and I really liked that. Yeah. It, it, they actually had a personality in their movements. And I would argue, I, I actually prefer the Miles one. Which one did you prefer? Uh, I think I preferred Peter Parker. I just like, it yeah. was so, it was so smooth and graceful. And Miles was more gritty, like a young kid. You know what I mean? It made yeah. sense. Like it was definitely character appropriate. But I think as far as um, like watching it and enjoying it, I enjoyed Peter Parker more. Yeah, Peter has more of like a kind of a smooth parkour feel to him. And and yeah, Miles is like ripping through the city as hard as he can because he's like, like he's young and excited, um, which is really good. That the ah, Man, I just keep coming back to like how good the voice actors are for these characters. And that Miles Morales one out of the park. He just kills it. I want him to be my Miles Morales in every movie. Just such a good <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> uh, okay, so and then combat, another really big part of the game. Uh, it, it's very similar to other games in this genre, like your Batman Arkham Asylums and even like a Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor type game. Uh, can you briefly describe what the combat is like in this game? Um, I think the combat is pretty smooth, I would say. And I like that there's you get a wide range of tools and 
movement to you so I think it doesn't get too boring. And one of some of my favorite things, as much as I was complaining about the stealth, is the stealth takedowns. Those are really fun. Yeah. Yeah, and there's enough... Um, there are combos, but I don't feel like you are hamstringed to them. Like, if you remember them in time, like, oh, that was a cool little extra thing. I forgot I had that. But it's not like you needed to necessarily do those. You could just dodge and, you know, melee enough to win the fight, which I felt like that's kind of nice because there's some nights when I'm playing the game and I'm just kind of not in the mood to remember stuff right now, you know? I just yeah. need to kind of, like, get through this. And they, they let you do that. You could have those moments. You could be an okay Spider-Man and still beat it. It just took you a little longer. Also love cool. that he he doesn't really, like, kill anybody. They all, yeah. you, you see them all, like, strung up and webbed up somewhere, even when he, like, throws them off a building. So the, I, I like that because yeah. that was, that's very true to Spider-Man's character. The MC, the Marvel, I always say MCU because I'm always in the movies, but the Marvel comic books, the heroes were not necessarily afraid of killing things. And Spider-Man was one of those things. It's very similar to Batman. Where he doesn't really kill people. It's funny that they're the two that are not into killing people, like notoriously, and are possibly the most popular of each of their companies. There might be something yeah. there. Maybe we're tired of seeing <laughs> the same old <laughs> shoot 'em up gun stuff. So it'd be nice to have somebody who's, who's thinking about lives. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, I I do like that because there is. I remember very well. There is this one part where you know you kind of again you kind of go into the situation however you want to. You the more you hide, the more you string up. You know quietly, the easier it will be when you get into combat. And I had a room where just like you could see through the rafters, just a bunch of guys hanging through the rafters, wiggling around in their webs. And it kind of felt like, oh, man, I, I made this cake. This is going to be so nice. So it was a little bit of like, put the time in, rewards you later on. That yeah, was a nice definitely. I agree with that. And I felt take. like some of the stealth takedowns looked comfy. Is that weird? Comfy? <laughs> There's one where he yeah. like throws the guy off and then he throws like a bunch of webs and kind of cradles him. And it's like the yeah. way the the sound that they use, I would say the sound design in the game is really well done. Oh, yeah. The sound yeah. that they use and how like flexible the web were the web was it, it made it feels just like cozy i never thought about it but now thinking back there is one where he like he tosses the guy up and then he like starts to web him as he's going down past him and then he webs into things like that does seem like you're like nice warm burrito wrap right it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good <laughs> cozy spider-man wrap up okay this is, that's a new thing i like that a uh, 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 camera and movement. Anything in particular that that in controls. Anything else other than the the web swinging and the the fighting stand out to you? I don't remember anything negative with the camera, so I'm gonna say that everything was it was well done. I often complain during. I remember I think it was during Uncharted, like one or two. There was this one moment where I'm trying to climb on this thing and the camera just isn't cooperating with me, mm -hmm. and I can't see what the heck I'm doing. So. I I think I just appreciate the fact that I don't have I can't remember anything bad with the camera so that I'm just going to assume that it was okay. Yeah, when a camera is bad, you notice it and when you don't notice it, it's doing well. You know, it feels like that that's a good sign. It's not something stopping you. And then the movement felt good once you kind of in my opinion, once you kind of got into it. There were times where uh, early on where I was like, "Man, like getting on the side of this building's not quite easy or um you know, going from ground level to swinging. I don't quite have this down right. But then eventually your hands adapt and, you, and your mind adapts to how Spider-Man needs to move to make himself look cool. And you're just yeah. like, boom, this is how it happens. So I think there's a bit of a learning curve getting into it. But once you do, and it doesn't take too long, you're, you're good to go. 
You said you pl- you played the remastered, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you play it on the PS5 or did you play it on PS4? PS5. So did you did you take advantage of those like 60 frame per second settings? Like, did you do any of that to see how it was? I well, I I didn't take it off of that. So I think that's how I was always playing. Yeah, I'm not oh. too sure if I was. Yeah, I think that's how it just was for me. Okay, I ju- I thought it was. I thought it was nice and i i forget i'm not really good with the tech talk um when it comes to video games so excuse me if i sound stupid but um the ray tracing was really nice as well in the remastered the remastered version i noticed it more in uh miles morales oh well yeah miles morales like blew that out of the water it was really good there's one scene and i'm sure all of you guys have seen it from like uh, uh the gameplay trailer where he's walking this is the miles one where he's walking through a festival like a street festival that oh, his yeah. uh, mom's going to be campaigning at. And I remember just looking at the lights going through like these little flags that are hanging up and just, it was like this autumn day and just, oh man, I, you wanted to be on the streets with them. It was just so cool looking. They did such a great job. They Very did. Nice. Uh, user interface is something that a lot of people don't think about, but in a game that has a bad one, and there's a few of those out there, uh, it can really slow you down. I actually really like this user interface. You had all the different skins that you can get, like the different suits, you know, you had your talent tree and then the map. Um, did you have any complaints about the the menu options or your map or anything like that? No, I actually like this. Um, it was easy to use. I'm not the strongest gamer. Like I don't go out and tell people like I'm an amazing gamer because I know I'm not. But I, if it's easy enough for me to use, I feel like that's a win. I remember I played through Witcher three and there was I got lost a lot in the menu. I <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, to me, Elder Scrolls is that problem for me. It's like, ugh. I haven't even attempted building. those games, to be honest, because I'm scared of them. I feel like I'm there <laughs> too hard. They try to be so minimalist, and then to a degree where it's just like, okay, well, I just need it. I need this to be easier, and you guys are just trying to make it look so sleek that you're slowing me down. Um, and Spider-Man put a lot on the screen, but you had everything on one screen. We're just like, oh, yeah, this is all the suits. This is all the, the map. Um one thing that concerns me, so this guy's, if you guys are not familiar, this uses the quote-unquote Ubisoft system, where you discover a new area, you unlock the map in that area, and then you see all the side quests there, basically. Um, did you feel like it was too much on the map? Because that might have been one complaint I didn't have, but I could feel like others might. Uh, yeah, it did feel a little congested, especially as somebody who's not big on completing the side missions. It did feel like a lot was going on, like a little noisy. Yeah. Did you ever stop to go like complete an area of side missions or did you just completely ignore? No, I didn't completely ignore them. I definitely did big sessions. I ended up platinuming the game eventually, but oh, I nice. it, it just took me a while. I got through the main storyline, obviously, first, which most people do before you mm-hmm. platinum a game. Um, and then I had to go back and, and play through it again and finish everything I was missing. But I'm the kind of person who I want to see the story and then I'll, I, I'm more invested to go back and just play for fun. But when I'm in the moment and I'm waiting to see the next part of the story, I kind of am not anxious enough to do the side missions, if that makes sense. So do you feel like, because if you do the side missions, you would eventually upgrade your suit enough to kind of give you a nice little advantage. Uh, Do you feel like that's enough of a reward beforehand? I know for you particularly it wasn't, but do you think for other players that it's enough of a reward to do the side missions to upgrade your gear, your, your suit, to help you out in the final fights? Or was it just not enough? I mean, it might be. I guess it depends on how frustrated you get when you lose. Um, if you're somebody who wants to have a better shot at getting through those fights 
with ease, then you definitely want to complete those things to upgrade your things and get the best bang for your buck when you hit the big fights. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I don't really have a problem having to repeat um, storyline fights sometimes. Depends on what it is. I can get if I repeat it too many times. Yeah, I'm going to throw my controller out. But yeah, (laughs) I don't I don't I haven't come across too many issues like that. Okay. Yeah. For myself, it depends on the game. I know like Assassin's Creed, I like to do all the side stuff first that I go in uh, with the sharpest sword. But other games, I'm just like, I have to get this story. The story is what probably was what it is. It's driving me forward so fast that I'm not really caring about the side stuff. And I think for Spider-Man, that might be the case. I just want to hear what's going on with the team and with the villains that I'm I'm good. I'll come back for these later kind of thing. If yeah. they were near me, I'd get them, but I'm not going to like spend a full day doing it, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I agree. Talking about it, I want to dive back in right now. <laughs> That's, <a big laughs> That's how these always work. <laughs> um, okay, innovations for this game. That I, now, I would argue that the only real innovation that matters in this game is the traverse system, and um, the way that that I think it really innovates and improves on on it is there are many games that have this going from point A to point B. Here's fast travel, um, but there are a few games that make it to where you don't want to fast travel. Did you feel like you were fast traveling often? No, I hardly ever fast traveled, to be honest. It was very relaxing and yeah. it was really nice to go through the city and just do it. I also loved to explore and look, okay, so I live in New Jersey, but you know, my boyfriend lives in Staten Island. So we would like go to like where the bridges are and we, we know this area, we live in this area. So it's different, I guess. And I love to go through and see things that I see every day. And then I love to go um, over to like Stark Tower or Avengers Tower and just feel like I'm in the MCU for a minute. Um, So no, I never fast traveled. I think this game did such a good with the traversal. I almost always fast travel too. Like I'm so lazy. So that has to say something. Those Elder Scrolls games, I promise you're going to be fast traveling a lot if you ever tried those. (laughs) (laughs) It's way too much. Um, yeah, that's it, funny that you bring that up, that, that you actually went to go visit sites that you'd been at before. Uh, I, I myself, the game that is closest to me in that sense would be the Grand Theft Auto V, because a lot of the inspirations were down in LA, and I'm in LA often. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, hey, this LX, LAX, you know, airport and stuff like that, it's actually pretty similar. And, um, and yeah, it, it's funny that you go and visit the places you know. Um, now, is there any other game that you can think of where you actually decided to skip the fast travel and would travel? Uh, by foot uh, off the top of my head no i can't think of anything honestly I, I i'm drawing a blank right now can you think of anything maybe it'll drive my memory <laughs> the only thing for me is red dead redemption is the only game that oh, i actually like, enjoy okay. the horse ride agreed but i still felt because that map was so like massive mm-hmm. i felt like i sometimes just did it because i was really tired and i was playing for so long but yes i agree those horse rides were really 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 nice and the scenery was incredible in those games oh yeah there are so many sunsets that i just stopped and like okay you gotta enjoy this for a sec this <laughs> is <much> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah those are really good and you bring up a good point that the swinging around the city was was kind of a relaxing moment for yourself is that a good part of the game loop? The idea that like, hey, you have high action and then you slow down for a sec. Do you think that refreshes the player to play longer or if that was by design? For me, it definitely works out. I get so intense during fights in any game. I get very nervous. I used to be like a heavy button masher when I was panicking because yeah. I didn't know what to do and my hands would be sweaty and I would be sweaty and my teeth would be like <laughs> gritting together. So 
I don't do that anymore, but I still get really intense when I'm in fights and I don't want to lose. I get like afraid, even though I'm not in any actual danger, I get really scared. (laughs) Um, So I think, yes, those moments are very relief, like a big relief for me to just relax and go through before I get to the next point. That's why I guess I'm not in any rush to get to the next fight. Yeah. Yeah. And and thinking back, there are plenty of times where I'm just like, I can't imagine, okay, if I were to go from action set to action set. I would just have to take a break. And then what was nice with this, and there would be moments where I'm like, okay, that was fun. I'll be hopping off soon, but I'm kind of swinging through the city, kind of heading towards that yellow marker. I'm like, okay, well, I got here. I might as well do this part next. And yeah. there were moments that happened like that. And I think a lot of that is because they give you this moment to kind of rest and reset yourself before you get into the next section, which is good. Indeed. All right, we're heading into the score for the gameplay. Out of 30, what do you give in this one? Hmm, score for the gameplay. I'm going to give it like a 27.2. Why Why that score? Because I, I enjoyed the variety. I enjoyed the movement. Uh, and I enjoyed, I don't know, just overall, it was just a lot of fun to play. And I would, I played it twice and I'll play it again. Yeah, that that's a good, good mark of a game. I, uh, I'm giving it a 28. We're actually very close. Um, and because I think it is the highlight of the game, I think it's the best part of the game. Uh, I think it had a really good gameplay loop, you know, what keeps you playing. And uh, I think it rewards you. It has enough little side things to break the monotony, but doesn't force you into them, which is so hard for a game to do. A lot of times they'll put the little side things and they're like, oh, they all want to do these little mini missions. No, they don't. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, no, they're not the very- no, we're not always in the mood for that. So luckily, Spider-Man didn't do that, and and I really, really appreciate that. So that's why I deserve that 28 for me. All right, we're leveling up, guys. It's our last level. Level three is design. Uh, okay, let's go over just the basics here. We have graphics. So we're going to go level design, which also is probably of the design area. It's highlight. Uh, we have that beautiful New York City, and you can't help but climb to the highest building and look around. And, and then you're always kind of like, well, if I swing up this high, then I can get a good launch off of here. So you kind of feel like, Gameplay ties in really well with the design of the city itself. Um, you have the the sound of of the of the streets moving, and the closer you get to the streets, the louder the sound is. It was really well done all around. Uh, what? How did you feel? Actually, especially living in the area, how did you feel about you know swinging around New York? I mean, real New York is a little dirtier. I guess <laughs> like it's like <laughs> True, gross. I understand. Yeah, but um, it was really pretty in the game and. It was so like there were so many photo moments. And I mean, I applaud their photo mode as well because it was incredible. I took so many um, like screenshots of photos and they had all those settings you could use. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, yeah, the game design, uh, the design of the city itself was well done. Um, I, and I do, I agree with you that I like the, I don't even know what to call it, that like Doppler effect where when you get closer to something, you can like hear it better um and so it 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 made you feel like you're really in the city and it makes me think that like just being on top of the city would be so quiet and serene compared to like where we are on the streets it's a weird thought but that that, you would assume that that's the case right because it's you're further away from everything and yet a place like new york is is so loud (laughs) in general to think that there is a quiet area for it that sounds neat and then yeah the idea of yeah getting closer and sound uh, getting louder is oh that's so basic but when you're swinging through the city, it's really important because as your swing gets to its bottom peak or whatever, uh, that to the valley of it, 
it gets louder and then you escape it again. And it, the way that they incorporated that goes into your swing and it's comfort and, and enjoyment is like, it just feels more real that way. And so it was, it was a small part of the design, but it was an important part of the design. And I think they just, they just really did a good job there. Uh, Agreed. Character design. Do you feel like they did a good job with, with Spider-Man? I think especially with this suit and movement is really important in this case. What are your thoughts on the character design? I've been dying to talk about the suits. I was like waiting for you to, talk, <laughs> to bring it up. Um, I loved a lot of the suits. My yeah. only complaint when it came to the suits was that his body changed uh, depending on what suit you had on. Like one of them, he would have these like huge bulging muscles and, and then yeah. it would be like this normal sized guy. I don't know. It bothered me because it's supposed to be just a suit. Like it's not supposed to be padding and making him look like a different shape i guess i don't know if it, it, that felt a little weird but the suits were really cool some of and then you know calling back to the movie spider-man's the comic yeah. book spider-man the like every iteration that we've ever had of spider-man um and then adding in some funny you know the underwear one or whatever I thought that they it was it was they did a really good job at including everything and then I know that they um you were able to download the newer suits from like the Tom Holland versions that came out even after the game came out. So I like that about the game. Did you have a favorite suit? Um I I I can't pick one, but there was one it, it was like black and red. I forget which suit it is, but it was really cool looking and super sleek looking. But yeah. I also really enjoyed the um like Toby Maguire sweats version yeah. uh, something about that even though i didn't really love those movies something about that was just so fun and silly about spider-man so i like that did you feel that you were you were using a variant skin for the most uh, most of the game a variant suit or the primary suit i think i used the primary suit for the most part i know i did have a little fun um and i did like the comic one so that you were in the real world but you were a little like a comic book it was pretty cool it was it was yeah. an interesting i guess like juxtaposition i don't know yeah, they, they did a really good job with it. it to a, you know, like technically wise, I'm just like, how did you guys even do that? Like, it just looks so unique and neat. And they did the same or a similar thing with the Miles Morales one, too. There's actually the Spider-Verse version. Oh, um, my God. I love that <laughs> suit. That was so cool. Fighting in that suit and swinging with the little effects that come off of him in the movie. If you guys remember the movie, there's little effects that come off of him. You probably don't notice it even. But when you're in the game and you activate those effects as well. It just adds so much enjoyment, and I just would watch myself fighting <laughs> so much and swinging around just to see that, that that suit really stood out to me. I think that was uh, of both games probably my highlight of all of both of them. Really yeah, cool. definitely. His primary suit, though, with the, the very uh, bold white accents, it was so unique to me and so cool. Uh, that the his how to explain this? His feet were kind of more like sneakers in a way, like or running shoes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Than just like, oh, these are superhero shoes. <laughs> they actually felt like, oh, those are what you need to be a Spider-Man if you're climbing along buildings and running as fast as he does. So I, I felt like the suit was much more practical than a yeah. normal Spider-Man suit. I would say typically I'm not somebody who's invested in the cosmetics of a game. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to superhero things, and especially in Spider-Man, I would say more than most other superhero games that I've played. I, of course, I wanted to experiment with like every suit at least once for a few minutes just so I could feel it and see it and 
to decide whether I like it or not. Cause maybe I don't like it in the menu screen and watching it in action. There was, I forget which suit it was, but there was one where I didn't particularly like looking at it. But then when I put it on and played with it, I was like, Oh, it actually looks pretty cool in gameplay. So I, I appreciated it in this game. Um, but I'm just, I'm typically not somebody who gets invested in cosmetics overall. So the suits have extra ability uh, depending on the suit too. It's not a big one, but they yes. all have like, these little perks. Was there any suit in particular where the perk was worth more than the suit design? So you're like, look, I don't like this, but I need it for this one particular mission. So I'll look like this version of uh, Spider-Man. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I feel like that definitely happened. Yeah, I, I can't think of it either. And, and in my case, I think I would have been like, no, I just want to look like this guy <laughs> instead. So I, I don't think I would have gone with the gameplay advantage. I think I would rather have looked like the Spider-Man that I wanted to. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Uh. Any cutscenes in particular that stood out to you? How did you like the cutscenes in this game? And do you think there were too many or not enough? It was a decent amount. It was. I didn't feel overwhelmed by the cutscenes, but I'm also somebody that likes cutscenes um, mm-hmm. because I just it's like watching a movie, but then you get to play a little, which is yeah. really fun. So if if you felt if you're somebody who's more into gameplay. Then and you and you want more gameplay, then maybe there was too much. But I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel overwhelmed by anything. Um, the only cutscene that really stands out in my head right now, as I'm thinking back, is the one where he, we see um, like Mister Negative on the raft. I think uh, yeah. that was a really cool scene overall. Just the hecticness of being on the raft and outside, and he's getting in the helicopter, and he was really cool looking, Mister Negative. We didn't really talk about him a lot, but he was very yeah. dope looking. I thought that was really nice. That is a good point. Yeah. Um, okay. For so cutscenes, the way that Mister Negative appears, it's almost like it's hard to look at in a way. Like it's it's just so his skin's like changing dynamically and stuff like that. It's so crazy and cool um, that he stands out in any cutscenes he's in. He he's very obvious obvious whenever he's around, and even the effect that he puts on weapons or his people. Um, actually, when he yeah, that's even more when he corrupts somebody on the spot, and you see that they're this real shimmery gray white black mix um it's just like oh my god you're afraid to even touch them like it's just so prominent on on your screen compared to like the dual new york or whatever around you um and so it really stands out that was a really great design choice because it feels like they don't belong in that situation and will that person ever return to normal you don't know right because there's there's times like there's that one party whatever where he infests a few people that are at the party and you're like these poor people, will they ever return to normal? And you're very careful. Matter of fact, that was very hard on their part, I'm sure. That fight, when you're fighting just the normal party goers, you're careful to not actually even punch them as hard as you would the bad guys. Yeah, 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 definitely. That is such a good design choice and probably would not have gone noticed if they didn't do it. Like if they just let you just beat them like normal. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I probably wouldn't have even noticed the difference, <laughs> but it is nice that you still get to feel like a good guy. Yeah. And I do like that fake rhino. He was really fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that he was big enough to still be a problem. <laughs> so, and you got yeah. to write him out like you do with a normal rhino, which is great. Yes. Um, yeah. Mr. Negative is a really good choice, a uh, really good person to talk about. Uh, character design wise. Uh, and, and, and the other villains, too, all had kind of their their high points. But I think you're right in that Mr. Negative was so unique. Um, are you familiar with him from any other content than this video game? I have definitely heard of him, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't say that I'm familiar with him. Um, but when I first saw that he was being introduced, I did go look him up a little bit. Uh, right. He's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and he's one of those villains you don't you don't hear about a lot. Yeah, I, and he has that big rogues gallery where, of course, there's going to be some that rise to the top that you hear about more often. Your vultures and stuff like that. But I like that they they went a little deeper and found uh, found Mister Negative, and I, I'm invested in him. I, I like the idea of him having this you know, this cultural background and stuff like that, that he can bring into his villainy and, and how he, oh, oh, it's, you know, curses and stuff like that. It's always fun to just mix things up because normally for Spider-Man, it's all about tech bad guys. And he was less, well, I mean, there's still tech involved, of course, but he yeah. was less tech driven than your normal Spider-Man bad guy. So Spider-Man dealing with that is a whole new problem for him that he's probably not as familiar with. I can't really think of another villain of his that's not necessarily tech driven, really. I think they're all, even Mysterio uses a lot of tech in his, <laughs> in his uh, magic. Well, yeah, Mysterio was like a an illusionist on or like on movie sets or something in the comics. Yeah. Like, and something went wrong and they fired him, and that's what made him so mad. But it was interesting. Mister Negative is a newer villain, though. He's mm-hmm. definitely not like an OG OG villain. He's from like the two thousands at some point. I'm not mad at it. I I am so okay with them moving forward in the universe. I know we have a lot of historic villains. But yeah. I'm all about the future and moving forward. The comic books didn't end in the 80s. They still go on. You still have adaptations of them that are newer. And I think it's fun to explore those things. And with Mr. Negative, he in the comic books has like multiple personalities. And that's kind of where this whole thing c- comes from. So Mar- yeah. like L- Martin Lee is like a really nice guy who who founded Feast or whatever. And mm-hmm. then... Mr. Negative was just like this demon that took over him in a way. He does have a line too when he's when he's telling May to take care of the place. He says, "This is the good part of me uh, about the feast organization," which makes more sense from a multiple personality disorder situation where, like, he knows he compartmentalizes his life, and like, this is the good part is that that organization. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man villains, actually, this 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 is. Sidebar thing, but uh, there's a weekly comic book coming up in June, guys. Uh, it's they're bringing back Chameleon, his very first bad guy, and Ooh. they're they're giving him his own comic book run. So, uh, Spider Man's bringing back the the old school guys, and and I, I you're right, a hundred percent that we need to mix it up a little bit. Like, yeah, of course we all love you know the Joker and stuff like that, but let's see who else is out there. We don't know that we like him yet until you show show us them. So that is always fun. That is a really good choice. And I think right. we kind of see that going through in the MCU as well. Like they're starting to introduce newer things and like, like, I don't know if you, did you watch WandaVision? Oh yes, I did. <laughs> okay. So, you know, Monica Rambeau and sword and those things are like newer concepts, photon mm-hmm. or spectrum, whatever you want to call her. Those are new concepts. And so I'm very excited that they're taking the MCU into the future. So that's just another exciting thing. I agree. I agree. And, and even if you're, if you're somebody who likes the past, they take a character that has been mediocre or a side character like Agatha and give her a little bit of a spotlight. Oh, yeah. So, and then if Ka- Catherine Hahn just stole the entire series. Oh, so. she crushed it. I want to see so much more of her. And I like that they did not, like they made it o- an open end for her. Yeah. I'm hoping there's a day where like Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange need some help. And they're like, well, I know where this really powerful witch is at. <laughs> and they might not be happy with us. I'm pretty sure that's exactly where it's going. That's a theory that I uh, was speaking about. I, I was recording a podcast last night, kind of summing up WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I lost all the audio. But one of the things oh, I I know, it like broke my heart. It was the first time that happened to me. But one of the things I was saying was that I think Agatha it may have sort of a Loki storyline where 
she's naughty but nice and kind of an anti-hero kind of a deal where she's not necessarily like a bad bad guy like she's not going to be a big baddie that they actually have to kill off i think that we're going to see her again in that aspect exactly how you're saying it they're going to need her help yeah i really hope so because she has the knowledge too that that you know scarlet witch is missing and and strange is kind of new to the game really compared to everybody else around him so she has that old school knowledge that might help they're like oh yeah well back in my day that would be really useful and then one thing that we're learning now from all the post stuff. Sorry, we're on a WandaVision side, guys. I'm sorry. Just a heads up on that. Nope, that happens. That happens on <laughs> I'm definitely on board. Um we're learning now after the show's completed that the fans, and this is kind of like a no-brainer in my opinion, but the fans got way invested into every little thing that they did, and we're seeing all these little like, oh, well, this could be Mephesto, this could be this, this could be that. And uh, the creators, one of them was saying, like, we didn't know who like one of the creators didn't know who Mephesto was until the show started airing. And there were so many things where like, oh, my God, you know, Paul Bettany said that he's, he's excited to work with this new actor and he's talking about himself, but that's going to really look bad on us. And there are all kinds of situations that kept popping up like that. Like, I, I think they didn't anticipate the fans overanalyzing the show like Game of Thrones style fans would do. Um, and so I think that they're like, there's a lot of raw material here that we didn't bother touching because we didn't care about it. But we can now use it now that we see how much people really, you know, gravitated towards uh, Catherine Hans, Agatha, and stuff like that. Like, let's use this now that we have it. So I think we might see what may may not have been intended still happen from the series. You know? Yeah, I I'm just I'm gonna say this one last thing. I have decided that because of the way Wandavision played out and the fact that I did get like way over invested and made too many theories that didn't even land. I think moving forward for myself, I'm just going to experience the MCU the way that they want me to, the way that they present it to me. And I'm going to stop trying to figure out what happens. Because honestly, even if I did figure it out, I think I would be disappointed because it's not a surprise anymore. I think I'd rather just be surprised. You know, that it's funny you bring that up. That's exactly my mindset with the uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, show coming up. I was like, you know what? I need to not worry about Googling every villain that gets mentioned and stuff like that. Just enjoy the weekly show. And then yeah, see I'm not how gonna. That I'm not gonna be hitting those Reddit threads like directly yes. after watching. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, back on it. It's always fun to talk about WandaVision though. But back on to Spider Man here. Uh, let's go into go into the audio design because I think that was one of the the points that really stood out to me. I kept googling. Speaking of googling on the side, googling who did this soundtrack and who was this voice actor. Um, the soundtrack wise, uh, we brought it up before. It's it's uh John uh, Pisano. Yeah, Pisano, I think, uh, was the one who did like the Daredevil soundtrack. Of course, he did Miles Morales. Um, and he, he does a lot of video game work, too. Uh, it, it really had this good combination, in my opinion. And I, and I said before where it's grounded, because I think it's important to note that Spider-Man came from a grounded superhero and still real sweeping in the, like this epic music that swells up and takes over. Uh, I, and that's such a hard combination to to master. And I think for superheroes, they, they really kind of come down to either are they global superheroes like your Lokis and, or not Lokis, but Thor and Iron Man, or are they your Daredevils and your Luke Cage? And Spider-Man really is in between the two. And, and in the MCU, they're really throwing them on the other side quick. But, you know, he's really in between the two. Do you think the music fit well for Spider-Man's personality and this game? I think the way the game was designed in such a cinematic way, that's how it felt the music it was it had that very cinematic feel versus just music in the background while you play you really took time to listen to it and it was really well done and it felt 
unique, but still had the touch of like a classic Spider-Man sound. Yeah, there is a few like few tones that you can hear every so often. It's like, oh, this is a Tobey Maguire thing that they've now become established. And I think every Spider-Man since then is like, it'll do like doom doom doom, and then go into it, and it's like, okay, I'm into the Spider-Man thing. It's like if you're to make a new Zelda game, you're gonna throw a little bit of the original Zelda soundtrack. Yeah, in there yeah, you have to just to set you up. You know? Um, I, I do like that every time you began swing uh, swinging, it would kick in the music with you, like within the swing, to mm-hmm. where I felt like I'm launching off to be a hero. Oh, uh, that was really, again, it's just one of those things where it's, it's a very simple addition. I do notice it at one point, and then it's just like, nice job, guys. Like you didn't need to do that. It would have been cool if it was just music the whole time and it just like turned up. But no, you actually got it to where it's followed me out and it, it followed me out and it was really really well done agreed uh, any voice actors that really stood out to you somebody who really captured you somebody i've just kind of become a fan of and i didn't know she was in this game until after but laura bailey i just have been enjoying her work overall she was in um the what was that new game last of us 2 mm-hmm. uh and i just i think she's a good voice actress i think they could utilize her more but in this game, um, I thought that the Peter Parker did a really good job. When you're when you're doing a Peter Parker or when you're trying to fit in those like quips of Spider-Man, like his personality, as well as like the, uh, a voice appropriate actor, because there are a lot of it's mostly in like animated movies, not so much in games. I feel like games do it pretty well, what, matching voice actors to um, characters, but they did a good job with Peter. They did a great job with J. Jonah Jameson. They did a great job with Mr. Lee, um, Aunt May. I think everybody was, I, I don't have any complaints. Speaking of Laura Bailey, a little bit of a mic drop. I got to meet her at <gasps> a BlizzCon. Yes. No! She plays Jaina Proudmore from World of Warcraft. And they actually use her, now they use her face as inspiration for Jaina. So you guys noticed that Jaina changed a few years ago. Um, yeah, I got to meet her at a BlizzCon and uh, they had just the entire cast there and stuff like that. And, yeah, she is pure talent. So, so good. And so, yeah, just really, really good. All right. Well, I don't want to brag, but I met Stan Lee and I didn't want to say that because oh, no, I feel <laughs> like I didn't want to show up anybody. But I just want to let no. you know that I went to Comic-Con in 2013, I think, or 2012. And oh, I met man. Stan Lee there. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been to Star Trek. You just dropped the biggest mic in the world. Though. There's nobody who's going to win. <laughs> Oh wow, that is that is so cool. He was so uh, small. <laughs> so small. That's a Stan Lee though. He's just like this frail man who has the imagination that sparked <laughs> a universe. So cool. And that was a good one though. Yeah, she did a great job playing Mary Jane. Um, yes, I think and, she did a good job. I don't like the the character of Mary Jane, so it's not really her fault. But mm-hmm. um, I think she did a great job. I actually liked this Mary Jane more than I've seen her in like the movies and stuff like that because I felt like fierce little reporter that's like, I'm going to stand up to anybody type of thing. Like, like I, I actually mentioned it during our stream, like they need to do a film about, or a comic book series about her. Kind of like they do with the old Jimmy Olsen comic books where like she's, she's out there fighting the real fight. You know, I thought that would be really cool. I agree. This adaptation of Mary Jane was not the, so I don't really remember Mary Jane too, too much from the cartoon series. And I didn't really see the comic books as much, but mm-hmm. I do remember Kirsten Dunst. And as much as I I respect her as an actress, I don't know who yeah. wrote that script or what. I was not feeling this whiny, self-obsessed Mary Jane. I was not a fan of her. She was also so boring in those movies. This was a much better version. Um, and 
the gameplay for Mary Jane wasn't my favorite, but the moments where we saw Peter and Mary Jane together, I enjoyed. And I, I, I especially like the fact that they are post-relationship and they're kind of in between. And so you have this little, um, they, they kind of do these, like the looks that kind the of tension, lingered a little bit. Yeah. yeah that was, they did a really nice job that I think could only be done with uh, current technology and video games where you could really capture the entire face and all the little twinges and the little side eyes and stuff like that are really important. And and it really worked really well with when you had Mary Jane and and Peter. Now, oh, by the way, I, we, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this yet. Which version of Peter Parker do you enjoy better? Do you like the remastered actor or the one before? Oh, I was thinking about this the other day. So when the remastered version was first announced and they kind of showed him, I remember feeling like, oh, he looks so weird. I don't like this version. But then for some reason, playing the remastered and then going back to the original, I was like, wait, no, that guy's weird. <laughs> this yeah. is, it's definitely better now, I would say. Uh, the one complaint I've heard is that he looks too young now. But I don't. I, I think as you play it, you don't feel that as much. Maybe initially, he seems like he's younger than he should be. But I think as you play it, you know, it, I mean, it, he's 23. I don't think he looks like that young. Speaking of uh, the voice actor for Potter, Spider-Man, which is Yuri uh, Lowenthal, he's actually married to um, Yuri, that character Yuri, uh, Tara Platt. So they're actually married. It's a lot of this, the moments where they're talking back and forth. It was kind of fun to think of like, what a fun day at work that was for them. You know, it was it was such a neat little addition if you if you looked into it a little bit further. Yeah, it's nice that like the chemistry that I I thought existed already, you realize yeah. comes from a different place than just being a good actor. They're actually personally involved. So it gives you that, that much more of a connection. But I remember the first time playing through, I didn't know they were married. And I thought like, wow, they do have a really nice like rapport. They bounce off of each other well. It sounds really natural. Uh, I, you know, I think sometimes in general acting voice acting or, you know, regular acting can come off cold and you don't feel the relationships between all the characters. Uh, I did not feel that way. And then when I found out at, before the second one, playing through it again, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, you can definitely feel that chemistry. I didn't think about the chemistry aspect of it, but that is a very good point. And I, one of my favorite small, very small parts is the whole spider cop thing he does. And now yes. thinking back of like a goofy husband or goofy boyfriend, that makes so much more sense. Like that's so yeah, perfect. They just, it's so natural. <laughs> it just feels like they're just two best friends having a great time, which I think when you are in a, like a committed relationship, you really are just best friends with your partner or you should yeah. be, I think. Hopefully. Yeah. If it's, yeah. 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 Uh, overall, I, I, I think I pr appreciated the characters that they did the motion capture for. Like if you look at like, for example, we talked about him before, but uh, William Slayers is the voice for Otto Octavius. So they actually use that actor as a model. And I think it, it translated better on screen than when they didn't. Do you think that they did that that was preferable over just the, oh, we have to make sure this looks like Jonah Jane Anderson. We can't like change that. Uh, I didn't actually know that they did a lot of mocap on this game. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't know that till you were talking about it before. Um, with J. Jonah Jameson, I feel like he has such a particular look and people have gotten so invested, especially with... Um, What's the guy that plays him in the Spider-Man movies? Oh, man. Oh, my God. I can't even think of it. He's, he's from the drumming movie, too, Whiplash. Yes, that guy. Uh. I feel like people see now, like, see that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so much so that they brought him into the new Spider-Man because they knew that, like, no one else can play it now. 
Um, and they're just lucky that they did these movies within his lifetime because he really is that part. And so I feel like with, when it comes to J. Jonah Jameson, you have to like model it after him. Yeah. And then the characters that you have a little bit more, you know, mobility on, uh, it's fine to change around. And I think they made a really good choice with Norman Osborne in particular. And he's played by Mark Rolston. And if you guys aren't familiar with Mark Rolston, uh, my, the role, the role that I really got familiar with him is he plays, um, Boggs on Shawshank Redemption. He's like the jerk. That makes sense. The redheaded jerk guy mm-hmm. in uh, Shawshank Redemption. And so when you see that face, and of course it's aged because it's been a long time since uh, Shawshank came out, but um, it just, it totally comes through on the character and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I could really see this actor actually playing a mayor version of Norman Osborn in the future. And uh, I think he really did a good job on that. I mean, just really good cast all around on this game, really. Now, did you, I don't know if we we're going to talk about this later. Did you play any of the like DLC with Black Cat? I had not. Did, uh, was there any highlights from that you want to, you want to talk about? No, I, I was actually going to ask you because I didn't, I only played through a little bit of it. So I was wondering if okay. you played it. So never mind. No, I, I haven't yet. At, at the end though, we'll make sure to mention those if anybody wants to get out there to check out those DLCs. Because yeah, there are like, I think three DLCs, two DLCs. And then it's, could be argued that Miles and Morales is just a really big DLC because it's not as long. But I mean, it, it's it's so freaking good that I hate to to classify it as just a DLC. It really should be played. Um, but yeah, so there there is a lot to this game, guys. If you guys, I mean, why are you not playing Spider-Man? You should be playing Spider-Man already, basically. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, I have heard people say that Miles Morales was like a DLC because it is a really quick game. But then you think of um, DLCs like Lost Legacy for Uncharted, and that felt like it could have been a full game, and it was probably like not too far off the length of Miles Morales, like the regular gameplay. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you can argue it either way. If they had released it as a DLC, people would have been like, this is a whole game. You know what I mean? I f- right. I just feel like people want to find things to complain about. Yeah, it had its com- a complete story and, and a, a change, a significant change in the character and a lot of the mechanics. I think that they they fine-tuned it a little bit more. Uh, I think it was, I think in general it deserves deserves to be considered its own game, but yeah, you're right. You could really argue either way, and there are plenty of DLCs out there that are like, why is this a DLC? <laughs> I agree. Like the, the Fallout games oftentimes they'll just be like, yeah, we're gonna like put a new color on everything out here, and boom, this is a whole new DLC. It's like you guys just changed the color palette. That's all you did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're wrapping things up with design. Let's go ahead and get your score out of thirty for design. Design out of 30. I'm going to give it a 25.6. 25.6. All right. And I am giving it a 26. We're really close on those ones. Yeah. Uh, 26. Why did you give yours the 25.6? I think it was really well designed. I think it was really pleasant to look at and be a part of. Uh, but I think that there's always room for improvement with games like this. And I, and I think I've seen better games design wise so that's kind of why okay yeah uh for my score i think it was done well and because it's an open world game it's hard to do probably much better but yeah you're right there are games that have those stop and watch moments and um the city in particular is really done well it's hard to argue that the city's not done well Agreed. i think i think the characters could have been utilized better i think we could have gotten a, a, a little bit more of yuri in particular i think really should have been giving more spotlight and i hope that you know we do in the future i think she should be added into more content um it was just missing a little bit and just a little bit and so Honest, yeah that's why I i'm w- giving it 26 I, I, 
instead of like the so many MJ moments, I think uh, as far as gameplay, I think I would have preferred like maybe a Yuri gameplay. I think I would have been okay with that. Like Yuri's on the ground as a cop, seeing her, what she has to go through while Peter's dealing with certain things. That's a really good idea. Yeah. And then like, I would kind of like to see a thing where she's, she's out there with her people. Like she's got like, uh, you know, uniformed cops around her and stuff like that. And she's trying to push forward while you see like the cops fighting the demons back and forth. And she's just trying to like push forward to get to a certain thing would be kind of cool. You know, maybe like cop stop her and like ask for her help or something. They could have done a lot there. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So your score as of now is 75.3. That's a nice solid C. Not a bad thing. You're still going to pass, but we have the bonus level. Now you have 10 points that you could use and you could give it for any reason. Are you using what, what amount of points are you adding to this? Uh, what was my total score again? Say it again. 75.3. 75.3. And I have 10 points. Um, I'm going to give all 10 points to the suits. I really enjoyed Ooh, them. Nice. And the I like that there was so much variety. And there were things that you haven't even ever seen. I remember like, there was the punk rocker one was so random, but it was like, why? I love it. <laughs> that is That is a good one. Yeah. And that's actually... Let's talk a little bit about, you played the original Spider-Man game on the PS1, right? I think we talked about that before. Yeah, when I was like an actual child. Well, same, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I remember remember back then, like the suits were so important. I think the punk Spider-Man was in that one too. I know for sure that Fantastic Four underwear or whatever one was there. And so there was a little bit of like bringing back the kid in me that was like, oh man, yeah, yeah, I gotta get these cool suits. Seen the classics. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was a fun suit. Yeah, I think that was a great reason too, just because there are few collectibles in a game that actually have you wanted to collect them all, and I am in on all those suits. I want to collect them all. Yes, a thousand percent. Game collectibles in general sometimes are a little blah to me, but this one was not one of those cases. <laughs> all right, I'm giving mine. So my score is 79, and I'm going to give it six points, bringing me up to a solid 85. But you're actually at 85.3. So, but um, I want to give this thing a B, and I'm giving the five points. I'm sorry, I'm giving the six points um, for the swinging around the city. Like it, that deserves mm. extra credit right there. Because yeah. I have definitely taken more time on this game than I should have because I have taken the long route. And I've, like, oh, I bet I could kind of, I just like let a swing go through a little bit too long to arc around. And just, I've done cool things because I thought they looked cool. And, uh, it's not to progress the story. It's just because it was fun and I enjoyed it. So that totally deserves six points for that. So I'm also, I'm at a, a solid B, which I think is fair for this game. I agree. All right. So we, we both gave it at 85. You gave it 85.3. Uh, we're here at the final point. Where can you guys buy this game? Well, first of all, there's the remaster on the PS5. There's the original on the PS4. Uh, and if you guys are going to get the PS5 version, you could get it for a discounted price or you can buy it with Miles Morales. I think it's 69 for both games together. Um, and and I, I suggest that because Miles Morales should be played immediately after this game. And you can see the little changes they made. Do you yes. feel that Miles Morales is the better game? Uh, no, I think the the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man was better. I. It's hard for me to say like better. I feel like they were both necessary and I like them both uh, a lot. And it just feels like a movie. So you watch one movie and now you're watching the next. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. I just, I'm fond of the little changes they made uh, to 
controls in combat, like very minimal changes, but they felt like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that you would naturally do this. I don't know. It's just like the little changes they made. Um, and so I, I would give it to Miles Morales. And I also just, Miles Morales, I don't know enough about him just because he's so new. And I, I want to know so much more. That character, he, he kind of like what the, re, the <laughs> all these Spider-Man movies that we get where they keep showing his origin story over and over again. It's like, can we just like let Spider-Man leave high school, go to college and then be an adult? And we can have that story again. Just let's tell through Miles' point of view now, who is, does a really good job of being this unsure kid who now has superpowers. And so I, I think that's why I have to put Spider-Man Miles Morales ahead of Spider-Man for myself, because I like that character more a little bit. It's a good reason. That's, that makes sense. I mean, I like them both, so I agree with you. It's, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like, I guess I'm just like really partial to Spider-Man. I don't know. Yeah. And, and really, we're just, we're all winners here because they did such a good job on both these characters. Uh, so it is tough to, to really put one ahead of the other. Um, as for the DLCs, there are multiple DLCs for this, particularly the Black Cat one I know um, that I was kind of like anxious to get into because you're, you're doing this little side thing where you're taking pictures of her cats throughout the city. Um, which is the one that you tipped your toes into? I the only one I even started was Black Hat. I played a little bit of it, and then my I know my boyfriend played all the way through it, and I was there when he was playing it, but I wasn't actively watching. Um, I feel like there's a few twists in that story which make it fun, kind of fun to play, and I'm not mad at cats. Like I love cats, so yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> there was this it. there was this one part with a, a with a cat in particular, but I think it was in Miles Morales. I feel like it, I don't know if it was in Black Hat. I, now I can't remember. But definitely worth playing through it, I think. There is definitely a cat part in the Miles Morales, and you can eventually have him hanging out in your backpack. Yes, yeah, okay. So th- yeah. that cat part where that was so cute. I love cats. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he has a little Spider-Man mask on and it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for other adaptations, there is actually a comic book that came out in 2018 for this called uh, it's he's part of the spider, it's it's the spider get in storyline. And uh, there is actually a panel where uh, Spider-Man from 616, which is, you know, technically our Spider-Man is the way you probably think about him, um, comes in and says, hey, we need your help. And then they team up and there's other Spider-Men involved and stuff. Um, and so you can really get a comparison of him versus like a normal the Spider-Man that you're all familiar with from the comics. It didn't it's not a very long run, but you guys can pick it up. It's available on the um, the Marvel Unlimited uh, app. So you guys could actually read the comic book in full uh, through their service. And it's pretty great. And that is the only other adaptation. But do you think this this version of Spider-Man should be made into its own comic book series or should it get the movie treatment or TV series treatment? Uh, as far as the movie treatment, I really do want to see what they do with the current Spider-Man. I do like him. There are things I don't love about him, but I want to see how they bring him as a lead because Tom Holland is a really talented actor and mm-hmm. I want to see him pull forward as more mature, which they've kind of done in the movies, they every movie he's gotten a little bit more mature. He realizes there's more at stake, um, and I want to see that. And then in a couple of years, I would be so down to see them introduce a Miles Morales character and bring him into the MCU. I love you know Hispanic representation as a Hispanic woman. I'm always down for it, and so I don't think I necessarily need this Spider-Man to be um, it's a new thing. But what I do like about this Spider-Man is. I am not invested. I am so invested in this version of it for the game that it doesn't bother me that it's not like the movie version. And the reason I say that is because when the Avengers game came out, for some reason, I couldn't see past 
the current MCU people and the fact that this game, they look different, they sound different. And I was really kind of, it was, it wasn't a good game in my opinion, but, uh, but I was like, I couldn't even look past that part of the game to even get invested into it. So, but I'm very invested in this Spider-Man and I am okay with him being the game version of the Spider-Man, like its own little thing. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it is it's a separate universe and we're, Especially Marvel's real big on the universe building. So, okay, build one over here, and, I, and I'm on board. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into our trivia, because the first thing we're going to bring up is the fact that Insomniac says this game is the first in their Marvel gaming universe, uh, as they plan to make more Marvel games. Who do you want to see this Spider-Man team up with that's in the Marvel universe in total? The Fantastic Four, without oh, a doubt. Oh, good choice. Great choice. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I think that it invites like the idea of Venom into because I think in the comic books Venom came from outer space with the Fantastic Four like he tagged on tagged along on the like something happened during a mission and he happened to be there and that's how the Venom thing happened he came down to Earth and Spider Man it I think that I want to see that <laughs> they need to keep Fantastic Four out of space every time they have a mission something goes wrong something goes something wrong <laughs> yeah that was a great choice I, I was I was thinking Wolverine just because I'm dying from a Wolverine but. No, I, you win it on that one. There's no doubt. Fantastic Four <laughs> would be really good. I'm just starving for more Fantastic Four content. And I mean, even when that movie, the movies came out, I was young enough to be excited about those movies. So. <laughs> I'm starving okay. for good Fantastic Four content there is what go. I'm <laughs> starving for. <laughs> uh, another fun fact, the game made more money in its opening weekend than Spider-Man Homecoming, the 2017 movie. Ooh. That was a big hit when that came out. <laughs> that was the new, whole new Spider-Man. Uh, next fun fact, Miles Morales was not originally in the game, but was eventually written in as the writers believed that there was something missing. I cannot imagine Miles Morales not being in this game. Uh, a thousand percent agree. I think Miles, like I said, having a character that you, you don't see a lot of Hispanic, you don't see a lot of non-white characters in general. Um, so introducing like a new culture and introducing people like Mr. Negative and Miles Morales, where you get to see the different cultural side of things, it makes sense, especially in the setting of New York City, that is just a cultural hub. So I think you definitely yes. need Miles Morales. Yeah. And then they, they, they really leaned in on the Miles Morales game. And it just gave me such a, a bigger appreciation for not only Miles Morales, but that game, of course, his hub is in, in the Harlem area and it shows you the life and the culture that's at the street level of Harlem. And I just loved that where you had just hit, when he's walking down the streets are some of my favorite parts where he's just being himself when he's actually yeah, Miles Morales and not just Spider-Man. So now more of that, please. <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> uh, another one among the locations that the players can visit are the firehouse and the apartment building from Ghostbusters, the soup restaurant from Seinfeld, Jessica Jones's office and the insomniac game studio. You can actually visit all those in game. Oh, I didn't know some of those. I like that. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I'm going to go find the Ghostbusters one for sure and geek out for a sec. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Jessica Jones. I didn't know that you could see her on this. That is actually my favorite of the Netflix universe was the Jessica Jones one. Uh, what, what was your favorite part about that? Just a just quick aside on that. Of Jessica Jones? Yeah. I love. She's like such a she is such an antihero where she like doesn't really yeah. want to be there, but she she does it anyway because she knows she can. Um, and I love that she just doesn't give like a, a shit about anything. I'm sorry if I can't curse. I just realized I've oh, been, yeah. you, you I've been trying curse all you want. so hard not to curse this whole time. <laughs> Feel free. Um, but yeah, I just love that she just gives like zero fucks. I love that about her. She's yeah. so cool. I, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a really great 
way to put it is that she doesn't want to be there and she just is. And then I like the fact that um, the way she works with the villain is the fact that the villain is like not just trying to be this all power villain or whatever, just like super powerful. And she's trying to stop him. No, the villain is like after her in particular. And so there's a bit of a, of a personal relationship where she's got to overcome like internal emotional problems that we would have as humans. And then, oh yeah, also the superhero stuff. Like it's just, she's just such a great character all around. And I think she's, she deserves another shot. Disney plus. <laughs> I agree. I, and I enjoyed, um, I forget the actress's name, Kristen, something or other. Uh, that played her. Mm-hmm. I forget her name, but she, I, I think she has a, such a wide range. I, she was in a show called don't trust the bee in apartment 23. And yeah. she usually plays like a very ditzy character. And Jessica Jones was such a different character for her to play. I was so the opposite of all of that. And she, I think she did a great job at being really cool. Like just that radiated cool energy. Yeah, that yeah, she's like the the girl in school that was like too cool for school. <laughs> That's the term we could still use nowadays. Too cool for school. Yeah. And so I, I really liked her and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the scientist name who creates the devil's breath is revealed to be Morgan Michaels. In the comics, this is the alias of Michael Morbius, who would later transform into Morbius, the living vampire. Oh, that could be a DLC in the future of this game. <laughs> Um, okay, so that there's a lot more trivia, guys. Uh, you guys can check that out on the Spider-Man IMDb. Again, I keep praising this <laughs> website because we use it so often around here. I love um, IMDb. Oh, man. Uh, one of our spinoff podcasts is essentially just IMDb-based. <laughs> IMDb, if you want to sponsor this show, please feel free. They use you, okay? Not hating that idea. Yes, <laughs> If you're listening. <laughs> they, of course, they do. I know Disney does. They'll give them a heads up. All right, so... Uh, now the last bit of this is we're heading into your top five museum. This is your gaming museum and there's a wall there that has open world games. Is this in your top five spot? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, but partially because I don't play a lot of open world games, so it's not, it's, it's a hard category to fill for me, but I enjoyed this game enough and I've Playing games multiple times for me means something because I don't do that. I don't even rewatch like TV shows if I don't like them enough. Um, so it, it means something to me. Games like this, uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, those are th- my probably my three favorite like open world games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one does make the top five, but it is very competitive top five. It does make the top five, but it is beating the Red Dead Redemption games. Um, the Grand Theft Auto games, the Far Cry games, uh, World of Warcraft, it, like open world happens to just be my favorite genre. So it is in it is in tough competition, but it cracks the top five. And I can't say it enough. It's because I get to swing around that city. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Before we leave, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Instagram at Quips and Dips podcast. You can find me on Twitter which I swear my Twitter is the funniest thing. I say it every single day on my show. I think I'm so funny. I'm not, but you should just go follow me anyway. It's at QDips. Um, and I post episodes typically every Friday. I have a new season coming out April 2nd. And I post a lot of bonus content, quick episodes, five minutes and under ad free, just so you can enjoy something quick. And like I said, it's random funness that I do on my show. There's no, there's no rules. And each episode is labeled properly so that if you want to avoid something, you'll know. Perfect. Perfect. Random funness. You guys can't pass that up. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, we'll have all the links in the description, guys. Just scroll on down, click on through, and enjoy the rest of your day listening to podcasts. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. I was very, very, very excited to come on the show. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. You'll have a wonderful week. Stay nice. Stay safe. Bye. This episode was provided to you by our wonderful executive producers, including Kevin, Banshee Shooter, and Sonny. Thank you so much. If you'd like to become an executive producer and join our Patreon, follow the links in the description.